Yo, so first time on the podcast here, it is called Mental Tennis. Uh, Mental Tennis, one, because I play tennis, two, because we're kind of rallying ideas back and forth. I have my special guest today, Garrett Siemens. Garrett, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Garrett is a uh, junior along with me from Gillette, Wyoming. He's on the tennis team. Uh, We roomed together for about a year and a half or so early on in our college careers. Of course, I say that being only a junior, but same difference. But we came in at the same time. We've been pretty good friends ever since. Um, I'll probably be his best man in his wedding. I haven't broke it to him that he won't be mine, but that's that. So, but anyways, so the point behind this podcast is we're going to be bouncing ideas back and forth, just talking about, today we're going to be talking about men, the mental aspect of tennis. Uh, there's a common saying the from like old coaches and stuff, you know, the traditional guys that say that tennis is 90% mental. Uh, some of us think it's a little more than 90. Garrett, what would you say? I'd say it's probably 95. 95, you know, up there in tennis, and then the rest being skill and athleticism, you know, probably plays more than 5%, but just, like, mentally speaking, 90% of tennis is mental, they say, and it kind of goes along with a lot of sports. You know, you got to be mentally stronger than your opponent in order to win, especially when it comes down to, like, a crucial third set or an overtime in football, an overtime in basketball. Just kind of those things, but we're going to be rallying, that's a tennis term, means back and forth, uh, for those of you that are not very um, into tennis or sports, but we're going to be rallying ideas back and forth about that, so stay with us, and I hope you enjoy the show. So, there should have been a buzzer right there, I'm not sure if it worked, but there is a sponsor I would like to thank before we start, and it is Morningside College. Morningside College, a great place to get a private education. We are located in Sioux City, Iowa. It's a great school, you know, really tight-knit community. And, yeah. All right, so we're back. Thank you to our sponsors for the little break there. But we're actually not directly affiliated with Morningside at all, and that was a fake sponsor. And there's actually going to be probably like swearing and shit like that on this podcast. And so that's why I can't be affiliated with the school. But we do go here. But no affiliation. So yeah. If you don't like swearing and are afraid of material that is a little deep or even personal, might offend people, I'd probably leave right now and hang it up. But... You can also stick with it to get a little more mentally strong. Uh, Garrett actually says that he's offended already, so he's leaving. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's still here. All right, Garrett, let's get it started. All right. So Garrett played, we played Grandview College two weeks ago, about? Yeah, about two weeks ago. There was one person in particular who was kind of a head case on their team, and he did not actually play either of us. He played me in doubles. But he did not play us in singles. He played uh, number one single semi. Oh, there was actually two. Scratch that. There was two. Number one singles was definitely a head case. And number what does Brad play? Two. 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 Number one and number two. 
great leaders on their team? Question mark. But Garrett, what did you see from? Let's start with our number one guy. You saw him a little more than I did. Um, well, he pretty much uh, walked onto the court without warming up or anything. Um, his UTR ranking was like eleven point something, which is really high for UTR. Um, it's kind of hard to explain what that is, but it's just like a worldwide um, like ranking system that they use, like here in the U.S. more than other countries. But um, he's a grad assistant and was really good in South America and is doing his grad program and at Grandview. And he played our number one without warming up, didn't warm up ground strokes, didn't warm up serves, and just like didn't move his feet because he thought he was too good. And I and he ended up winning. But he was really good. He was a really good player. Yeah. And sometimes, like especially in tennis, you get outskilled by people that have just had more time on the court and better coaches throughout the years. So that kind of happens. And so he was a, he's a good case of, like, if he were to run into someone at his same skill level or even a little bit under him, like, say, a 10 UTR or 11 UTR, like, I don't know about you, but I could see him losing. Yeah, probably. Just because he doesn't have it mentally, he's... He walked on the court actually speaking Spanish, talking shit in Spanish about our doubles team. And our number one doubles team is actually two Spaniards who happened to speak Spanish. And the guy didn't know they spoke Spanish and was like talking shit about them in Spanish right in front of him to begin the match. And our team actually came out pretty hot because they were actually like pretty heated about it. And then the kids soon learned that they actually speak Spanish too. So that was kind of an awkward engagement on the court. I forgot that happened, but that was really bad. Yeah, it was it was something. So then, yeah, their number two guy, um, I played him in doubles. He was, he, he was an asshole. He really was an asshole. And, you know, at a little point in the match in doubles, he was in my head. Not really in my head, I would say. Like, I was playing bad, and then he was just, like, super annoying. And it wasn't necessarily him that made me play bad, but it was... The thought of him. Yeah, the thought of him, like, doesn't help you when you're trying to, like, play better than you have been playing. It's kind of hard to, like, get him out of your head type of thing. Um, And then he played our number two, Bradley, who's a freshman. They're actually both freshmen. This other kid's from... He's from Brazil? Yeah, I think so. Brazil. And he came in, actually his name was Raphael, not to like call people out on this podcast in case it goes viral, but Raphael. You're an asshole. You're an <laughs> asshole, yeah, but he really was. But it's crazy that, like he, he got in Brad's head a little bit, but at the same, but, and then Brad kind of flipped a switch, Brad got more in his head and this kid just shuts down totally. Like, this kid, I don't know really how to explain it without y'all being there. So, let's say Brad was down, like, 4-5. Brad won two games in a row to get up 6-5. And then this kid, and kept being just, like, steady, composed. And just, like, Brad is actually, like, being polite on the court. And sometimes when you're, like, when you're an asshole on the court, you hate when people are, like, nice on the court because you think everybody should be like you. And he wasn't, and Brad was, like, polite, and then gets, like, over this kid's head mentally, 
and it literally caused the kid to lose a match, right? Yeah, because this kid was he was pretty good too. Um, like he also had a high UTR, but then uh, Brad was just like Brad was playing really good anyways, and then uh, he he has a pretty good attitude on the court, and this guy just. Like, didn't like Brad's attitude. Um, maybe wasn't hitting as good as what he thought he should hit or thought he should just be crushing this guy. And Brad just kind of got in his head and um, was actually uh, winning at some point in the match. I don't remember what their score was, but I think Brad maybe maybe could have won it at the end. But yeah. it was super close. And then uh, Brad just got a little bit hesitant, which that happens in tennis and tight matches sometimes. And, I mean, the other kid won, but... He definitely got so far in his head, and his mental game was terrible. And but he was still a good player. He just was pretty much just an asshole with yeah. a terrible mental game. And another, it's it's the same as kind of with their number one kid. If he plays a kid that's a, of his caliber, he, he's not going to win no, the match. He won't win at all. And it's kind of weird because their coach actually. I mean, not to call out people, but I'm going to call out people on this show if I want to. But their coach, like, doesn't do anything either to, like, cope with them or, like, doesn't say anything to them about them being, like, ridiculous on the court type thing. And if you're a coach and you condone your players being assholes, then you're just as much an asshole. Yeah, that's what it was. It was almost like he liked it type thing. Like, he doesn't, he's not mature, question mark. I don't know if it's mature, me calling him immature, but... Kind of how it is, how I see it. Um, Garrett, let's get to a little bit of your background. So, Garrett is a former state champion in three doubles. In three doubles, in doubles, <laughs> in Wyoming, and he really likes to. In doubles, he would like to like drain his opponent opponents out. I would say. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not super, my singles game is way better than my doubles game, and then I'm in doubles, I just, like, I can't really keep it in as much, Um, but I like to, I don't know, like, I try to go for angles, and then I try to just keep the ball in with my serve, and then just kind of control the point from there, but sometimes that doesn't always work out when you're playing a really good doubles team or somebody who can hit the ball. Right. So what have you seen, like... Let's go. Let's go mentally in high school. Was there any like peop- any time you remember getting really mad or? Um. Well, in high school, so we'll start with sophomore year. I played golf my freshman year for some unknown reason. <laughs> but uh, sophomore year, I was number three doubles with my partner Tim Hayes. Who Shout out Tim. Just got engaged, so hey, that's, pretty, that's cool pretty cool to my ex girlfriend. So. Really? That's also cool. Actually? Yeah. <laughs> what, is this the one you told me that you saw the whole future with or different? Very much, yeah. Yeah, that, that was cool. the girl I was talking about. But Wow. Uh, so, shout out, Tim. Uh, and we were three doubles, and Wyoming's pretty small and doesn't really have a whole lot of teams for tennis, and so everybody kind of qualifies for state. But we actually didn't lose a match all year, Woo! and we didn't. The only set we lost was. One time against Sheridan, and we knew we were going to win that match just because they had a terrible mental game, and Tim and I were a pretty fun team. And then junior year, we were number two doubles, Okay. and 
We started the year out, so we won state as a sophomore. And then in the spring, we actually went to this uh, place called Glendive, Montana. <laughs> and uh, we played this doubles team. No, you. we went there. We went to Gillette. Oh, they went to Gillette. And we played this doubles team. And um, they ended up actually beating us. And it was our first loss pretty much ever. What's and what? so uh, I think their names were... Jory Op and I can't remember the other kids. Jory Op and uh, Dennis Berg. It would have been that year, and <laughs> these clowns just came out and beat us, and out of uh, nowhere had no no reason to win the match and beat them actually pretty handily. Yeah, to be it, honest, it was pretty handily. It was like two and three or it was, something like along those lines. It was bad, but that was our first loss, and uh, as a team, right? Yeah, that was our first last as a doubles team, and so then after that we were like, man, that like first loss in over a year, it kind of felt weird. Um, also, didn't realize I'd be playing in college with that kid three years <laughs> later. But so that's kind of interesting. But and then for the fall season, um, we were number two doubles, and once again we're still um, like undefeated all the way through the season, and then got to the state championship, and there was also another team that was undefeated from Green River, and it was a team of brothers. Uh, they were actually twins, but they just... Identical? Yeah, identical twins. So, well, But one was right-handed and one was left-handed. So it was I wonder, like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the little stat check right here. I'm going to check the likelihood of one twin being right-handed and one being left. I feel like that is not... Not a common stat. So keep going, though. And especially in tennis, like, if you have a partner who's right-handed and a partner who's left-handed, um, like, it's already big because you can cover the court, and I feel like you don't get a backhand as often, and you can usually play to your strengths then. And uh, we actually ended up, I think we lost in two sets, and it was our state championship, so it was tough. And then uh, our team won it that year, so... That was pretty cool. The year that, or I guess the sophomore year that we won at three doubles, um, our team got second place. But And then the year that we lost it for the individual, our team got first place, so it was kind of bittersweet. And then um, over the junior summer, or junior year, I guess, I kind of thought about playing college tennis, and I worked really hard to get to the number two spot. <laughs> Because our number one kid was pretty good. And, and uh, so, I mean, I was kind of expected to be behind him. His dad was the coach. He could work with him all the time. Um, he just had a lot of advantages. So I knew I needed to be that number two spot to even get a chance at looking at colleges. And then um, ended up getting the number two spot. Beat the kid that was there um, for the last two or three years. Um, just because his mental game was terrible. And we didn't get along, and I pretty much just got in his head. Um, but then, once again, went undefeated all through that year. And then state championship, uh, felt pretty good before the match. My whole family showed up. My sister's ex-boyfriend was there. <laughs> they were currently dating. And <laughs> I guess pretty, I was the number one seed. Um, I had a couple of tough matches through the year. Um, I had a couple of three-hour matches, but that's because nobody really hit the ball, and it was kind of like a lobbing game, so 
I mean, it was pretty easy for it to go to three hours. But then in the state championship, I just kind of, like, I couldn't lob and I couldn't hit anything, and I got really into my head and I lost. So I went one for three with state championships. But our team won by, like, double then second places. Everybody else won on our team except for me. That's like and then one team got third. But they still won on the last day, so it felt good. <laughs> So what's like? Uh, so actually, I'll check that stat, and uh, it says here, if uh, one parent is left-handed, then there's like a there's a 57 percent chance one of the twins will be left-handed. If both parents are left-handed, it is almost certain at least one twin will be left-handed. So I'm just gonna throw this out there that I think one of the parents was probably left-handed. Probably the stats don't lie. Yeah, numbers never lie. Uh, shout out to that. TV show, I Google.com. And shout out to Wikipedia, actually. Got them off. Obviously, Wikipedia. You know, it's, it's, it's the greatest site there is. Don't question it. Just, you always have the best evidence, and uh, all the facts are always right, because anybody can check it, and anybody can make edits, so you know you're always getting the best information. Oh, yeah. It's always the best. Michael Scott, The Office, thank you. All right, anyways... Back to the tennis game. So, Garrett, you lose state championship your senior year. Yep. I've been there. I've lost the state shipper. Me and Josh Hoffer, a heartbreak was lost my junior year, so I know the feeling. It's, for me, it's the worst feeling I've ever had. It is the first thing I think about whenever I step onto a court. Really? During every practice, every match. Actually? Yeah. Like, Especially in July. Like, if I play in the same place where I played at, then I'm like, oh, shoot, I won on this court. And then I can go over to the other court. I'm like, ooh, not going to practice here because I lost here. Just and that then, bad mojo thing? Yeah. Like, it always just sticks in my head. So you're always thinking about that loss. Is it almost like you're using it as motivation? Yeah, I use it as motivation more than uh, let down. Yeah. Um, so, like, normally people could get really upset with, like, um, like losing. And, I mean, I was upset, and I'm still upset about it, but I can't really change what happened, and I can right. only get better. But oh. then when I end up, like, if I win a match, then it, uh, I don't know, like, I feel better about it than usual. But then if I lose a match, then that's typically the first thing I think about, but it's not quite the feeling of losing a state championship. I got you. Do you ever think about big wins, like your your state championship win, um, or your uh, Garrett's biggest win in college? That comes to my mind. Might not be his mind. Biggest one in my mind. Uh, let's go back to freshman year at Augustana. I didn't win Augustana. No, not Augustana. Uh, Gus Davis Adolphus. Yeah. At Gus Davis, a uh, big. Power-ranked D3 school, top 25 in the nation year in, year out, at least. They have a lot of, actually, they've had a couple kids go pro out of that program. One of the most storied programs in all of NCAA tennis, in all divisions. Um, go up there, beautiful facility, it's middle of winter. And they're, they're a great team, they always are, they always, they're always a tough match for us. And nobody has gotten a win. And Garrett, were you playing five that day? Mm, 
I think I was six. Are you six? Yeah, I was six that day. You were six, then I was five. It was it was all close our freshman year for like the bottom five, yeah. six, seven spots. Yeah. And but I remember losing on the court next to Garrett, and Garrett had gotten beat pretty handily in the first set. I got beat one six the first one set. One six in the first set, that's what I was thinking. And then this kitty's playing though. This is kind of a match I want to base this on, like having you here actually. The kitty's playing has probably the biggest meltdown I've ever seen in tennis before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Garrett comes back, wins the second set. 6-0. 6-0. Absolutely destroys this kid. Like it's not even close. Like the kid could have not been there and it been the same score. He was, he was so bad. Garrett was so on top of him in the second set. Like this kid could have been... He could have been blind, for all we know, in that second set. Like, totally lost his vision. That's how bad Garrett beat him. Mm-hmm. And and then in the third set, it was just third set tiebreak, right? Yeah, it was a third set tiebreaker to 10 points. To 10 points, and you beat him? Uh, 11 to 9, Ele- after being up, like, 7 to 3. 11 to 9, Garrett goes up 7-3 early in the tiebreaker, and then this kid... Gets like flips it a little bit, flips the switch. Probably well, he had to make it interesting. Yeah, he, he had to make it interesting. You know, every, you can't just win a tiebreaker like by a blowout. It's yeah. it's actually one of the five unwritten rules in tennis. I'd say mm-hmm. there's probably about five, and one of them is you can't win or lose a tiebreaker in a blowout fashion just because it's not what the people pay to see. It's not what the crowd likes. You know, you like. The nail biters. You like the barn burners. You like the games that go down to the wire in all sports. Tennis is 100% on board with that. So that's why if you win a tiebreaker by like a big margin, uh, it's not guaranteed, but it's 100% fact that you will lose your next two matches at least. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of the tennis gods. They're real. But any, anyways, back to this win. Garrett's up 7-3. The kid makes... I think the, I want to say the kid literally came back and made it like eight, eight seven. seven. Yeah, eight seven bad guy, and then Garrett goes up uh, nine eight has match point and double faulted. Double fault. Garrett has this thing used to have this thing. Knock on wood, but uh, Garrett's a little over it now. Used to have this thing where he would have match point and would kind of just piss down his leg every time he was up to match point. That is true. Is it, is you kind of got to win on your serve, win on first serve, or don't win at all. Yeah, it's true. If you if you, if you you miss that first serve, might as well just walk yeah. to the other side. Because you, what your goal is, you know, to always win on that first serve ace, and that's how you're going to end the match. But then, I mean, what's the point of even serving a second serve if you're not going to ace it? Exactly. If you win on an ace, like... Crowd goes wild. Crowd goes wild. Everybody loves you. There's usually roses involved. Champagne popping. Champagne poppy at Drake. No, just kidding. <laughs> Champagne popping. Everybody's happy. Everybody's partying. Everybody is getting hammered that night. And But he misses the first serve, so he's like... Better serve it into the net. Better serve it in the net. Is the direct mentality, so he does. As piss is stripping down my legs. <laughs> Literally a puddle of piss is <laughs> under him. Like, it's not even funny how much piss is on his leg. And people were asking, they're like, they came up to me, they're like, dude, you're like his, like, you know him pretty well. They came up to Max, 
Like, dude, you're his roommate. Like, does he usually piss it, piss himself? And we're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's totally normal. Like, he'll be okay. I could hear all this on the court. Too. Yeah, he could hear. We were saying it. We were asking him at the same time. But he literally nine nine, and the other kid, it would have been Garrett's one more serve. Garrett wins it. I remember, like, all of our team was there. Every other match was done. Everyone was just, like, going wild. We're like, no way. Garrett's about to win this match. Because no one just comes in and goes to the office and gets a win. And then the kid... I don't think he double faulted, but mm-hmm. Garrett won the final point too. And oh my gosh, this kid, it, you would have thought his mom died or something. Dude. He was so mad. And that's like how he was the second set too. He's just a mental breakdown. Doesn't know what to do. Literally can't overcome it. And Garrett just wrote it out. Comes out on top. But like, what do you think he's thinking during this? Like, um, the second set. Let's go back to the second set. What do you think he's thinking? Well, first set. So after you beat somebody six one, uh, you feel pretty comfortable. You literally um, think you're gonna ride out the wave and win it easy. There are a couple players that after they get beat six one, they will shut down and they won't really try because they feel like they've already been beat six one. Why not try? A lot of players actually. I would um, say. I try to go into it uh, with a new mindset and try to think of it as a new set like it's still it goes back to zero zero second set it does it really and does. so um like anything can happen and so um like once i was down 5-0 i think i remember having the mentality of all right at least get one game on him so it's not embarrassing <laughs> and then i think i actually got that game and then i lost the next one and then uh i was like all right new set um changed some things up. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was just hit to his backhand or something or a deep ball to the backhand. And uh, it ended up working, and um, he just got really into his head because after you beat somebody 6-1 and then you're down 0-3 quick, uh, then you kind of, I don't know, you just don't really feel very good about yourself. And so then um, at like 5-0, he was just, melting down at that point and I don't know if his parents were there I don't know if his family was there but you always want to win in front of your family and so (laughs) I think he was kind of nervous there and then yeah during that tiebreaker he uh, he was still angry from the second set which did not help him at all you gotta forget about it you gotta move on like what Garrett did after the first set you gotta let it go it's on to the next point the one cool thing about tennis you know there's not other too many other sports volleyball is like this i guess but besides those two there's not many sports where there isn't a shot clock and like you have to keep winning to win you have to win the next point to keep winning you can't just be stagnant and be good enough and still win like even in like baseball you can just you could score one run in the top of the first inning and not score the rest of the not say win on offense the rest of the game and still win the game 1-0 and basketball of course there's a clock you can run out the clock football you can run out the clock but tennis volleyball you got you literally have to win the you have to keep winning to win and that's kind of cool because if you're down, it means that 
like every single point really does matter because if you win more points than your opponent, you're going to win in the end. It's kind of wild to think like that, but that's how it is. That's how Garrett was working that match. That's how that kid lost because he just thought he could ride it out. And it didn't happen. He, Garrett just kept winning, and that's what it really takes. So is there anything that you think about Garrett when you're playing like that? Is there any little mental edge you give yourself or any saying you kind of go back to that is like makes you more comfortable say if you're not playing well or something like that um well i mean for that match that was my that was my first win of the season and so that one it was kind of hard to keep myself under control uh-huh. but then um like my sophomore year so last year when we played hastings my parents actually came up to watch that match, and um, Hastings was pretty good. And pretty much same situation, except I didn't get killed the first set. I lost like three six, and then beat him six two. So went to that third set tiebreaker. And uh, we had this crazy kid on our team that would always say just weird stuff, and I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't really understand him a whole lot. But the one thing that he said that really stuck with me was uh, play excited and don't play nervous. And uh, I don't know, after he said that, I've kind of tried to play with more excitement and not really play like I'm nervous, but that I'm excited for this next point and I'm excited to possibly win. Right, so it gets into the point where like you don't want to play scared because when you start playing scared, that's when you make more mistakes, especially in in tennis. You know, your racket's at one degree off and you hit the ball three feet wider than you intend to and suddenly that ball's out type of deal. It's like playing excited, I can see that. So you just kind of go back to that every time. You just think, don't, do you think don't play nervous or do you think play excited? I think play excited more than don't play nervous. Right. Um, just because it's a, it's a better outlook. It's almost like the saying of like, uh, what is it? Like, don't play don't play to not lose. Play to win. Like, you have to play to win. You have to be more aggressive. It's, I don't know. That's how I see it. Like, you have to play more aggressive. But, like, you really have to play to win. You can't play not to lose. Yeah, it's pretty hard to just play kind of average in tennis. I mean, it's a lot easier. And I'm not going to say it's easy to do it in other sports. But, like, in basketball, you have... If all you do is play good defense and then um, you pass the ball and you don't really shoot, like it's okay to play average. And then in football, if you make the tackles that you're supposed to but never really try to go for any sacks or anything, then um, like you can play average with that and get away. But then typically right. if you play average in tennis, the person with the more aggressive attitude and kind of goes for... The more confident. Yeah, the more confident person almost always wins. Yeah, so it's real. It really is a mental game, and it's it's a wild game we play. It's a fun game we play. It has brought us together as friends. It is. We've made some mems along the way, and rip Florida, <laughs> rip to our Florida trip. <laughs> but uh, so yeah.
There should have been a bell right there. That's our final bell. That means it is time to wrap things up here on Mental Tennis. So thank you so much to Garrett Siemens for being here today, tonight with me, the first episode of a little series that I'm going to be doing. So stay tuned for a few more episodes. But thank you, Garrett, for allowing us to bounce some ideas back and forth. Yeah, thanks for rallying ideas <laughs> <laughs> of course thank you for listening and have a great night